Hello, my community. Welcome to our sub-series of Instructional Ecology. These micro-episodes examine tiny gems from our FSL Common Read book this year, Relationship-Rich Education, by Peter Felton and Leo M. Lambert. Maybe this week's episode will get you thinking differently about how we're doing things at the college right now and how we might do things in the future. Tuck these ideas into your mind. Let them sift down into the rich soil of your thoughts where new ideas and ways of being begin to take root. Let's take a moment to connect with the reading. Welcome to Sustainable Connections. Today's moments from our book to enrich your thinking and practice are focused on envisioning the web of student relationships that the authors constantly refer to. In our September FSL Common Read meeting, we did a little thinking about what these webs look like at our college. Who is in them? What do they do for the student? This is a core concept for the entire book, so let's look at how the authors describe these webs they recommend we help our students build. On page 15 of the ebook, we see the authors say, quote, individual relationships can be educationally powerful, but a network of overlapping relationships is more likely to meet a student's evolving needs than any single mentor can. A web of student-student, student-faculty, and student-staff relationships creates a more resilient resource for a student to draw upon when the going gets tough and offers institutions a more scalable approach to reaching every student because faculty and staff can contribute their distinct expertise to support students, end quote. Right away, I see that the authors are focusing not only on student satisfaction, but on the inevitable challenges of getting a higher education. Relationships can be a source of joy, encouragement, and fulfillment, as many of us know in our interactions with our students but they can also step in when, as the authors say, the going gets tough for whatever reason. And we know there can be many reasons. As I think about this passage, I appreciate that no single person is required to be all things to a single student. Our larger culture loves heroes and individuals who make all of the difference in a story. Less told is how lives are supported by many concerned people who make more measured but meaningful differences. And here, the author suggests that we become consciously aware that we are all single points in a student's many relationships here at the college. One professor doesn't have to save a student. Rather, and this is the scalability they mention, the faculty and staff are empowered to see themselves as all playing their important parts with other members of the community also playing theirs, the benefit to the student is greater and the strain to individual college workers is less. And yet this doesn't mean thinking, oh, I know advising will handle it or another class will help them with the skill. Instead, it's doing our part for the student, teaching them, guiding them, tutoring them, advising them, and then when we see a gap, we ask the student and then put the relationship in place if it doesn't already exist. And here I see looming a common gap, the gap between thinking an idea is good and the reality of having supports put into place to make it possible to occur. On page 17, the authors insist, quote, 
Students also need to be immersed in an educational culture that values relationships and that nurtures webs of connections, including not only formal interactions with faculty and student life staff, but also informal conversation with a wide range of staff, including dining hall workers and campus custodians, who we are told over and over again, provide critical if unheralded daily support for students, end quote. This is crucial for two reasons. First, it acknowledges something not often pointed out, that student relationships with staff can be just as important as those with faculty to their success at college, albeit in quite different ways. Having speaking connections and a relentless welcome from administrative specialists, from advisors, from librarians, and from those who work to keep our campuses clean and handsome and landscaped all contribute to making a student understand that they are in the right place, they belong, that they are connected, and that they can find what they need. And here's where my question to you comes in. In the book, each college or university that has had huge success with relationship-rich education practices has chosen for itself how to codify and promote practices to build these student webs. It's more than the simple private act of resolution of individual members of the community, which I already know are in place from all of my conversations around the college every week. It's the institution deciding how to support these practices. So I ask you, what would you like to see the college do to help you nurture and promote strong and multifaceted webs of student relationships? Do you need more time with students? Clear paths to connection for services, other support you're hoping for. This book asks us as an institution how we could support the work of faculty and staff and leadership to impact student success through relationships. What is the spirit and character of MTC? And how can we harness that to make these changes? That's all for this micro episode. How do you see student webs of relationships based on your experience at the college? What would you need to better support these webs? I'd love to know. Email me at h-o-u-l-e-c at midlandstech.edu if you'd like to share a response to today's thinking. And I hope you'll join our live November 11th Zoom on chapter two of the book. You don't have to read the book to join us. I'll have everything you need to join the discussion. The link to join is in your inbox and we'll be sending out reminders that week. And don't forget, if you're curious for more, you can access the ebook for free to the MTC Library website. Weave the web for our students and let's connect again next week. <laughs>